0: Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast.
1: Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now,
0: up to to bat, bat, Brett Boone.
1: I I, I know you're not paying attention, but I'm a big Warriors fan, so I've been watching this Lakers-Warriors you're binge watching stuff. You're, you that. You're,
0: you're exposing me right now. But yes, go no, ahead. No, you're
1: binge watching. You're watching. I called yesterday. You're watching baseball.
0: Yeah. You're, you're
1: watching. Were you watching the Mariners? Because the Yankee game was early. So I think you're watching the Mariners when we were talking. I was watching basketball. You're watching baseball. Right. But something came up last night during the Laker Warrior game. So they interview uh, Darvin Ham, the Lakers head coach, mm-hmm. and he's responding in the middle of the game to something Steve Kerr said the game before so Kerr said you know something about the Lakers are flopping meaning they're they they get a little right. bit of physical contact they flop down like a soccer player and then Darvin Ham responded back we don't teach flopping well the Lakers i think they have the least amount of free throws and fouls called their way uh that they've had in the series now it's 3-2 so we'll see how the referees um officiate the next one but they were talking quite a bit i think it was um Van Gundy, Stan Van Gundy, because Mike works at ESPN. Stan works, did the game last night with, um, um, uh, is on TNT. Um, did the game last night.
0: Once again, Rich, once again, Rich, because I'm not paying attention, <laughs> I can't help you on, on what station it was and what time. <laughs> Brian Anderson, there you I'm, go. I want to make sure
1: Brian listens Brian Anderson, left handed
0: pitcher. Left-handed no, no, that's Brian
1: Anderson, who's doing Ray, uh, TV I, I now for I'm, the Rays. Brian Anderson's the I'm Brewers aware. announcer.
0: Correct. And okay. uh, Arizona
1: Diamondback lefty. Arizona Diamondback lefty. Yeah. So they were talking about gamesmanship last night. Obviously, uh, the referees called the game a little bit differently. Maybe it was because Kerr was Kerr was uh, complaining. LeBron said it after the ball game. We don't flop. We don't get taught to flop. We don't teach that over here. But yeah, there's right. a little bit of gamesmanship going on. That goes on at baseball as well. So I wanted to ask you about gamesmanship of riding the umpires, being nice to the umpires, talking to the umpires, complaining to the umpires. Um, can you get them to be to be more sympathetic to your plight by working them a little bit? Without a doubt. So and what do you do?
0: It's... I went out of my way, uh, my professional career to be very cordial and have a relationship with the umpires as I could, uh, engage him. And, uh, he, your dad taught you that didn't he? He said, you don't want them to be your enemy. And, <laughs> and I took that advice and it's not that I was buddy buddies with every umpire for the most part, umpires are good guys. I mean, I, I got along very well with the majority of the umpires. Yeah. Like I had You get
1: my- along with Joe West.
0: Yeah. I, I had my favorites, uh, and I had my guys that I didn't really care for, but I made it, I went out of my way just to have a relationship and I have that opportunity being a second baseman. I get to see all the umpires in a series cause they go from third to second to, to first. So I know when I come out for game one uh, of a series, whoever's umpiring at second and two day two nights from now, he's going to hide the plate and he's going to have my life in his hands. So, uh, I'm, and as you go on and you get more experience, you have more time, and and you get years in the big leagues. uh A lot of the umpires, there's not a ton of turnover, so you get to know these guys. And and yeah, I'd go out my for the first inning, and I depending on who it was with which we've talked at length about Joe West. Joe West is second base. He's been on uh, our podcast, right? What am I going to say? Hey, fat ass, how's it going tonight? <laughs> now that's my way of saying. Hey, Joe, have you been? Okay. It's almost like when we go into a New York deli and I order a uh, corned beef on rye. Okay. How is the New York deli going to greet me? Yeah. What the hell you want <laughs> now? I smile because I know he doesn't mean anything by it. That's a New That's Yorker's way about. of saying, how are you doing today? Can I take your order? So, no offense taken. I think you you develop a rapport with these guys. Now everybody wasn't didn't have the relationship that I I and Joe had. Right. He would make he would make fun of me about my height. I would make fun of him about his weight. I, I'd pick on him about his music career. He, he'd make fun of me if I don't have any hits in the series. That's just <laughs> our relationship, and we understood each other. Uh, some other guys were no. Hey Johnny, how you doing today? You know how you been? Where you? Where are you coming from? Uh, just chit-chat. Some guys would would be would engage more. Hey, Booney, what's a good place to eat in this city? You know, we're, we've got a day game tomorrow. We're going to go out after the game. So it's just small talk. Like I said, most of the guys I liked, I got along with. Um, but definitely, and I teach young players this. Uh, not necessarily teach, but when asked for my advice, I say, the umpires are your friends. And my first advice to young players in the minor leagues is, When the lineup card is put up in the dugout, go to that lineup card because the umpires will be written down. And now if you're an A-ball, if Joe Smith is behind the plate, make a note of that in your mind. So when you go up for your first bat, say, hey, Joe, how you doing today? First of all, Joe's going to drop his mask. He can't believe that this little A-ball player knows went out of the way to find out what his name is. And believe me, that sticks with people. That's impressive. That's doing your homework. He's probably going to be having a beer with his, his umpire and crew after the game in A-ball somewhere going, you know that little shortstop that just signed? He's 18 years old. He came up and he knew my name. Guys remember stuff like that and they appreciate it. And, and that's the fact that you had the respect enough to go figure out what's the name of that guy behind home plate? What's the name of the man on third, second, first? I think that's the first thing you do and it goes a long way. I think you argue uh, respectfully in the right way. You know, okay. I used to step out of the box and, and if that ball, if I think that ball's down, I'm going to step out of the box and I might say it firmly. I'm not going to be disrespectful, but I'm going to no, say, you- damn it, damn it. That ball's down, get better. And, and I might have a Joe West coming back. Me Booney. That ball's not down. It's a good bitch. Joe, that ball's down. Now my goal there is I'm not going to get the pitch changed mid at bat, but I want to make him think about it and think, eh, you know what? Maybe that ball was a little bit down the next time that pitch is in the same position. He's going to remember that conversation and maybe it's going to be a ball maybe, but, but I I got a better chance. If I say something, I don't suggest turning around, dropping an F bomb on an umpire, do it in a respectful way. And if you do that, they'll respect you. Okay.
1: So, if you lift, listen to us do the podcast before you listen to any of my national shows, I've been to umpire school. So I'm kind of an umpire apologist and they, they told us, Hey, listen, they can complain all they want. As long as they don't make it personal, they could say, Hey, boom, that's a horrible call or and that's okay, or Hey, boom, you made a horrible call. Second, you do that. Boom.
0: Goodbye. Right. I got thrown out of one game in my life, but What'd you say, but you know what? It wasn't anything I said. It's what I. It was an illegal ejection. I've talked about it
1: before. <laughs> Wait
0: a minute. You it, only, it, you've only been run once in my entire life. All right. So there's something that Aaron's better there's, at
1: than you are, which is getting yeah, run from ball games.
0: See, I don't get run from ball games. It's it's people skills. It's <laughs> it's life skills. You know, I, I had that ability as a kid in school. You know, I was that wise wise ass kid that the teacher really liked to a point. But I knew when that point was there. You know, I knew when, when Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Jones had had enough and, and it wasn't this little cute Brett. He's, he's really got a fun personality. I had crossed that line and you're an annoying little punk kid. <laughs> I knew that. And that's when you back off. Same thing with umpires. It's life. It's life. It's interacting. I, I want, if, if you're at umpire school and you're behind the plate, Rich, I want Rich Herrera to like me. I want him to respect me and I'm going to be firm with him when I need to be firm. But as long as he respects my retort, uh, when push comes to shove, he's going to go, you know what? Yeah. Brett's a pain in the ass sometimes. And he has a lot to say, but if he respects what I say in the end, you're, you might get that pitch and not that they're going out of their way and, and lacking integrity, but I think it's part of the human psyche. That if you like somebody and you missed a call, they called you on it, you know, in your heart of hearts, it's of human nature. If that Paul's in the same spot to call it reverse and, and umpires, they'll go to their they'll go to the mat with you on. Hey, we don't do makeup calls.
1: I was just going to ask you that.
0: But I'll tell you what, it's human nature. I'm not saying you premeditatedly went to the makeup call.
1: Put it in their head. But
0: in your mind, in your subconscious, you know. So you made that call. So it, it's it's gamesmanship at the highest level, but uh, it's something I suggest. Umpires a, are we, your friends.
1: Who, who we, We've had Joe West on, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't we have Tim Cheetah on as well? Tim Cheetah, yes, yeah. we did. We had Tim Cheetah. All right, so let me answer this question for you. For those of you that are watching the video, Brett, so I got a baseball in my hand, right? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to move the baseball over here. Tell yeah. me. Where does it stop being a strike? Is I'm moving the, for those of you who listen to the podcast. I got the baseball and I'm moving it. All the baseballs now within the strike zone. Now I got an eighth of it out, quarter of it out, half of it out, another About eighth, there. three eighths of it out, three About quarters there. of it out. About there. I just got to clip one quarter of the ball's got to be in the strike zone for it to be a strike. Yeah, because that's the difference between an umpire the squeezing or not. How much of the ball? How much of the ball is he going to give you? Does it have to be halfway?
0: Three quarters all the way in. But we also have to decide as hitters what is, what's the point in the game? What's the situation? How many strikes do I have on me? That's a pitcher's pitch. Mm -hmm. When I'm, when I'm, if it's a 2 0 count and he makes a nasty pitcher's pitch, I don't want that. I've got three strikes to work with. If I've got two strikes, that quarter of the ball you were just talking about, I might extend my strike zone because right. I'm not going put it I'm not going to put it into to an umpire's hand to ring me up and go back to the bench without swinging and then I can yell all I want and we can debate how it wasn't a strike. Well the bottom line is you're out and you're going back to the bench so it doesn't matter what your opinion is at that point. But if I have a 2o count a 30 count and it's a really good on that borderline strike I don't want that anyway. so I'm going to give it to him and I'm not really going to have a problem with it either way as the, as the count count changes, it goes to one, two or a two, two or an O two count. I've got to expand my zone. And I, and I've got to almost put an inch around the perimeter of the plate and say, I'm willing to, uh, Swinging a pitch in this area because I'm not going to let the human element take over and ring me up. Umpires aren't perfect, that's a really hard job. It's easy at home for people to sit there with the little white computer box and and uh slow it down to ultra slow mo and say, See it, tip the part of the corner of the white line. Well, try doing that at 100 miles an hour in, in the heat of the game with 50,000 people yelling at you. It's not that easy, it's really tough. And I think Tim Cheetah, for one, said. Booney, you'll be surprised at this, but the data shows that the umpires in 2023, and they're as uh, scrutinized as they've ever been in the history of the game with all the technology we have, he said they rank as the best umpires to ever do it when it comes back strictly in data. And actually, I believe him. A guy like Tim Cheetah is not going to come. It's no. not his generation anymore. He's not going to give the guys that much credit if it isn't true. So that was really a a pretty cool thing to hear from from a guy that's been around the game a long time.
1: I think I went to a par school maybe ten years ago, and they told us that the average that the the staff shoots is ninety six percent right on balls and strikes.
0: Yeah, because they're trained. People yeah. don't understand. They're not. They're not trained. That little white box is for entertainment pur- purposes only. And at home, we sit there and we're armchair quarterbacks and we yell at the TV. That's not how these umpires train. train. They train on a different set. And you would know that by going to umpire school. They know what's a strike. They know what's a ball. Yes. Is there a human element in there? Of course. There's still going to be great umpires and there's still going to be the worst umpires in the big leagues. There, there, There is a scale there and the players know who they are. Right. All we ask as players, as hitters, establish your zone early and stick to that zone. As long as I know what that zone is, I don't have a bitch with you.
1: All right, then I do have to ask this question then. You played behind the big three, and you faced the big three, Mm -hmm. Glavin, Smoltz, Maddox, and we've had them all on the podcast. Was their strike zone the same as everybody else's?
0: If you replay the tape, absolutely not. Uh, Was it premeditated by the umpires? I don't think so at all. They were that good. They were that good that they they gave they gave you the illusion that their ball was a strike when it wasn't. That's why they're all first ballot Hall of Famers. And I talked to Glav about it. I said, Tommy, you know, all especially in the 90s, they got a lot of heat around the league from, oh, you give it two inches off the plate to Maddox and, and Glavin. And I'm thinking, you know, let's just be rational here. If, if I'm an umpire in the major leagues in 1995, and that's all I hear about is that I'm going to give Maddox and Glavin two inches off the plate don't you think in my professional heart of hearts and in my integrity is going to say you know what I'm going to be damn sure that I call this game as fair as possible and all of a sudden Glav throws that first change up two inches off the plate and it's called a strike it's not because he's given it to him it's because Tommy Glavin is Tommy Glavin for a reason he gives you the illusion that that changeup's in the zone when it really isn't All right. uh, this is high, this is high this is high level stuff Rich
1: well I'm trying to earn the fact that I want to <laughs> hang out with you in Seattle at the all-star game because the last time we were at the all star game together you know what happened blew you off you did he probably um <laughs> what's Boone watching this
0: week Boone what is Boone watching oh by the uh, way can I
1: can I take it can I take a little side note here sure can I take it a little down the rabbit hole Doug Allen was on the podcast this week yes. Internally, the staff of the Boone podcast was going back and forth. Doug Allen, Doug Ellen, Entourage, Entourage, Doug Allen. I listened to it this morning, and I have to tell, every, tell you in front of God and everybody, damn good guest.
0: Great guest, and I was the one internally speaking. I love that word, internally. I was the biggest advocate just because i'm a fan of the show yes and and i love getting the perspective and how did you come up with this idea who was you know who are all these guys who's ari gold who who is he what inspired what inspired you to put ari gold it's always like oh my cousin or my well you got to listen to the podcast but yeah i love entourage start to finish uh only only series you know as a self-described binge watcher only series i've ever watched cover to cover i did it twice and uh it was just as good the second time great guest he was a lot of fun all
1: right if you didn't listen to that i i suggest you do because again internally which means brett and i were going back and forth i'm like i don't know how to make this work i don't know what we're going to do how are we going to make this work all said and done brett it was outstanding so you were right
0: i'm usually right rich
1: i know it's it's tough being brett boone what are you watching
0: well last week I, I gave away all my secrets. I got it. I, I jumped on another uh I jumped on another episode of Succession, so I'm up uh I'm up to snuff there. Uh it's getting me back. Uh, I'm still trying to it, catch up a night agent. It, night Agent's really good. I, I'm already done those. Uh I don't have a new series right now. I went to the movies though, which I rarely do these days, and I saw uh The Covenant. I, I believe you suggested it. It was really good, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a guy, Richie fan, right? Uh, His last movie that of note that I remember was the gentleman with Matthew McConaughey, one of my favorite movies in the last 10, 15 years. And when I heard guy, Richie was making the covenant. uh, I definitely went and saw it Uh, really good, really good. Yeah. About the Afghanistan with, withdraw more of a documentary than than yeah. a gentleman type movie but uh really eye opening and um yeah I enjoyed it so not too exciting this week what I'm watching cuz uh, I went to one movie I, I you
1: know what it was it was interesting because you and I were talking about it, and I think we saw it like 3 hours apart I think I went first and you were going as I was coming out to the movies but interesting I have a guy who worked at a tailor shop in Rancho Bernardo when I used to live near you in San Diego. And he was actually an Afghan interpreter. And he went out with the SEAL teams. He went out with the Rangers. And he did what that interpreter did. So from the stories that I got from my friend Johnny, who lives in in, in Poway, San Diego, um, to watching the story, I mean, the stuff that Johnny told me about what his life was like and what the interpreter in the movie was like, so realistic so i'm going to give it two thumbs up if you i want and, to go watch it
0: and i love stuff like that too cuz you know whether it's it doesn't matter in life whatever we do you just mentioned Doug Ellen it's like i love talking to Doug Ellen i don't know diddly squat about being a producer or a writer i love talking football because i i am not an expert in the right. nfl i love talking to basketball guys about the x's and o's because i'm kind of a fish out of water and i learned from that uh I have no idea what it's like to be, you know, it, not only in a in a country where there's war going on, but what that relationship is with, like you said, the Afghan interpreter. What is his role? What is that relationship with with a Navy SEAL? Right. And because it's kind of a forced relationship in, in a in a tough, tough, obviously tough situation. But it's really cool to see. uh you know, and, and as realistic as they can make it, I hope that was realistic. It's just a different side yeah. of life that that I haven't, you know, I've gotten so many cool things to do in my life, Rich. But stuff like that, it's just like, I don't know what that's like, but it's really cool to see what it's like and where they where they create that bond. And, and it's just different. Yeah, what's something the, you got to see.
1: Okay, so when you have grandkids one day and they go, Papa, what's the coolest thing you ever did? What will you
0: say? coolest thing I ever did was uh, this is kind of corny it, it, things have changed in my life you know I always thought the coolest thing I ever did was uh you know hit a home run seven rows deep in the upper deck at Safeco Field because nobody really hits them in the upper deck so that used to be the coolest thing I've ever done uh, being my first home run derby but as life gets gets on and, and we kind of separate, I did a lot of cool things professionally. The coolest thing I, I get to do right now is just watch my kids. You know, I've got two 18 year olds who are about to be 19 and I've got two kids that are, that are in their twenties and just watching them move on with their life, getting nervous why my son, you know, playing in the minor leagues and I can't help them at all. Uh, <laughs> but those are the things in life that are really cool for me. So, so I, I'd have to say that all my professional stuff I was blessed to do for a long time. But the coolest things are watching my kids. To watch my daughter get married this off season, I haven't yeah. done it yet. Uh, oh, I, you're, I'm not, you gonna cry? I, I'm not really an emotional guy, but I probably will. I'm, I don't want to think about it now. I don't want to think. Oh no, I want to see you cry on demand. No, I can't. I'm a bad actor. That's
1: one thing <laughs> I am. I'm a bad yeah, actor. Yeah. By the way, if you listen to the Doug Ellen podcast, you will hear how bad brett is as an actor
0: yeah i've had a couple a couple roles and, and they didn't <laughs> out, really. all
1: right last thing we have the podcast and again by the way i just want to thank everybody and i especially want to recognize mike who's our producer and he puts everything up and all the the folks at odyssey that have invited us into the odyssey sports family um all the radio stations that are supporting the podcast as well brett um You go on with a lot of different stations around the country. I want to recognize all of those and thank them for supporting the podcast. Uh, But I also want to make sure we do want to mention we have new listeners come to the podcast every day, especially now that we've teamed up with Odyssey. So the best way to get the podcast every day that we release it three times a week, please subscribe to it on the Odyssey app or uh, Apple or wherever you get your iTunes, uh, Spotify, wherever you get our, our show. Make sure that you subscribe to it. And if you can, leave us a review um, and share it with your friends and help grow this podcast even bigger than it is right now. So I did want to make sure that we we recognize that. And again, uh, Yankees25BB, thank you for the review. And um, it helps spread the word and it helps pump up the podcast. So if you enjoy the show, if you like what Brett's doing, we'd appreciate it if you would. Um, Just make sure that you download the Odyssey app. Uh, subscribe to our podcast and uh, and help us spread the word. All right. So we finish up the podcast every week with hashtag Boone Approved. All right. What do
0: we got this week, Rich?
1: Hecklers. 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 So I'm watching NBA. Um, I went to – I went and watched Arizona, University of Arizona play the Air Force Academy, and they had some pretty good hecklers in the crowd. Uh, I'm going to go see the Giants and the Diamondbacks. Uh, this weekend, it's my wife's. It's my 25th wedding anniversary. Ask my wife, what do you want to do? She goes, "Let's go to a baseball game." Now you know why I married her, right? She's the woman who took me to Cooperstown for a honeymoon. We sit in the ballpark. I can't heckle because the last time I tried to heckle, somebody recognized my voice and somebody walked down. Hey, you're Rich Herrera, so I don't heckle anymore. Uh, but there is an art to heckling, and there's some pretty good ones. So I want to know, Boone. Heckling, catcalling from the stands. Is it Boone approved?
0: Uh, can I put it into context? Yes,
1: you can do what you want.
0: Okay. A heckler for the average guy, it's definitely not approved. You're a clown. You're not a professional at it. It's like the guys that... The guys that you on Twitter that are really good at it and everything they say, it makes you think like, wow, that was a real smart, smart tweet. They're professionals. They're good at it. That's what they do. Same thing with heckling. Anybody can't heckle. Most of them are, give me a, it's so stale. You suck. You this. Okay. Whatever. Some people are mean. They go to the mom jokes. I don't appreciate those guys, but the guys that are really good at it, it, even if it's, even if it's making fun of me and and showing me in a bad light, if you have high brow, high intellect, heckling, absolutely Boone approved. I love it. Nothing. If you can roast me, even though you're saying something negative about me and you can get me to turn around and laugh and smile, that's what I would do to a heckler. If a guy was a really good heckler, he'd say something. I'd turn around and I'd give him a little, that was pretty good. But the (laughs) average guy that just wants to be loud and- (laughs) Right. You're awful. Go right. Home. right. He's had too many beers. He's just stupid. Those guys are a waste of my time. But the real heckler that, like I said, high level, astute, high intellect, heckles, absolutely Boone approved.
1: What's the best uh, line? Do you remember? Somebody got you?
0: No, I usually got them. What would you say? Oh, I don't know. It depends. It had to come. All right. So if I wanted to heckle you. You're going to talk about my height. Hey, hey dude, um,
1: can I get you a phone book so you can reach the plate
0: my answer to you would you should see how tall I am when I'm standing on my wallet that would be good <laughs> right that would be good
1: or what uh you know what, what would I do I'd call you by the wrong name
0: that would get you hey, I'd probably give you a look and make you feel stupid I'd gotta give you like come on you got anything better I used hey, to do Bob that. Boone, you're my
1: favorite player
0: a good one. Come on, give me something I can work with. That's what I would do to you. Yeah,
1: I'd call you Aaron.
0: That that might get me. That might make that might make me laugh. After he hit the big home run, now he's the Yankees manager. I got to deal with a little bit. I still smile when they say, "Are you Aaron's brother?" I laugh and I go, "You know, I've always been Aaron's always been my brother." Right. All of a sudden. But now, you know what? Now I once again I'm, I'm maturing, Rich. I'm getting a little bit older. I'm starting to appreciate things in life. I don't take it personal. It's like Aaron's the Yankee manager right now. Yeah, I'm proud of my little brother. Yes. I'll be, for this gentleman right here, I'll be Aaron's brother for a minute.
1: Hey, I think you're proud of of your brother Matthew, who's the king of uh, who's
0: a titan in industry. Right, He's the king of turf. Yeah, Matthew Boone. What's He's, the name of his company? Boone Action Turf. Blue and extra. and, and he's Maddie, a, Maddie's a beast. He's yeah, he, butt. I see, he, he might be the most successful of the I'll, three of you. You know what's great? Because Maddie took a long, long time to to get to the point where he's at. A lot of hard work. Him and my dad started the company 10, 15 years ago. And uh, now he's kicking butt. And he, I, I used to try to do favors for Matthew back in the day. Like if I had a buddy that wanted to put a putting green in or they needed their front lawn and they wanted that fake ash, I'd call, I'd give him, hey, my, you should really use my brother. And my brother would bend over backwards and, and uh, give him a great deal and come back and do like 50 square feet. And and that's what you do when you're getting into the business and you hustle. Now I'll call Matthew and I'll be like, hey, he needs a putting green in his backyard. Well, tell him he, he's better off uh, just – just getting quoted out down in San Diego I don't have time for those small jobs. So
1: he's,
0: (laughs) he's grown, but uh, no, proud of him. He's, he's, he's kicked butt and he's now, you know, if you don't have a, if you don't have a uh, varsity football field to be done, I I don't even call Matthew Boone.
1: There you go. All right. That's going to do it for the podcast for this week. Thanks everybody. Don't forget subscribe, leave us a review. Damn, Rich, you're, uh, you're like a,
0: you're like an infomercial. See, that's why I got you too. I like this seat. I don't have to pitch like you. There you go. Hey, thanks for joining us everybody. will Oh, by the
1: way, who's coming up this week? I forgot to you, you threw me off from my clothes.
0: Uh, hopefully we're going to have John Daly, but uh working on, on Monday, we are going to have Todd Stottlemyre. We got Jason Isenberghouse in the Met and the uh and the St. Louis Cardinal Hall of Famer. Uh so Stottlemyre Great family, great career he had as himself, but it, it was it was pretty cool talking to Todd about the the similarities that we have family wise. His brother was a pitcher. He was his pitcher. His father, Mel Stottlemyre, was a great pitcher with the Yankees and pitching coach in in that Yankee run. Uh, but it made me think a lot, and I'm like, wait a minute, my dad was a hitter. I was a hitter. Aaron was a hitter. So pretty yeah. cool stuff. So Stoudemire, uh is Ringhausen, and and hopefully we we'll get JD. There you go. Tough to track down.
1: There you go. Hey, that's going to do it for the podcast Uh, for this go around. Thanks so much for joining us for the Red Boon podcast, everybody. See you next time. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.